There's a word from the Lord this morning. How many of you are ready for a word from God? Amen. Amen. There's a word from the Lord. Do me a favor. You don't mind just standing to your feet as we read God's word. And I know, amen, we don't stand as much as we used to stand, but there's some things you ought to always stand for. And maybe we give reference and deference and honor to God's word. Amen. This year, the theme was restore support and to strengthen. All year long, we have heard from God as it relates to being restored, supported, and strengthened. Since June, first Sunday in June, we have concentrated on a series dealing with attitudes. We've talked about the different attitudes, contentment, hospitality, forgiveness, gratitude, humility, and last week, empathy. So this week, God has invited us to explore yet another attitude. And the reference scripture is one verse found in the fourth chapter of the book of Philippians, the eighth verse, the New Living Translation. Paul writes these powerful words. I love this verse. I love this one verse. And Paul writes... And I'll quote the New Living Translation. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Listen. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and what is pure and lovely and what is admirable. Think, listen to this, here's where the subject is found, this last sentence. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Look at it again. Think about the things, forget all that other foolishness. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. We ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of his word. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. For the next few moments, I want to talk to you from the subject and attitude of positive thinking. An attitude of positive thinking. I said to the eight o'clock worship audience that on last week, we talked about empathy. And I opened the message on last week by saying perhaps empathy would be one of the most challenging attitudes that we would deal with because we're not empathetic by nature. By nature, human beings are more selfish and look out for ourselves. So we knew that if we are going to be uh, empathetic. If we are going to have empathy, then we need God's help. And it is sometimes very challenging. This week, perhaps this attitude is one of the most impactful attitudes of all the ones that we are going to deal with. The one that can perhaps impact our lives uh, more so than arguably all of the others, when we talk about positive thinking, when we talk about just thinking 
and the way we think. Listen, there is an ancient proverb, wonderful ancient proverb, that is attributed to a 17th century French philosopher by the name of Rene Descartes. And it was one of my Uncle Joe's favorite quotes. In fact, he had a huge plaque in his den uh, that was visible to see. Whenever my cousins and I would go over there, and my late cousin uh, Chip and I would spend, he would always point to that. Really short saying, but it became the mantra of our family's uh, motivation when I was staying with my uncle and my grandfather. And the quote simply says, I think, therefore I am. I think, therefore I am. This iconic proverb became the foundation of worldwide philosophy. Providing, this proverb has, providing inspiration for the pursuit of knowledge and intellectual imagination for hundreds of years. And I'm purposely taking my time because I want you to hear this. There is something significant about intellectual imagination, curiosity, your imagination, our young people need, in fact, to have more of that. Perhaps nothing really defines who we are as individuals like the way we think. Not our height or weight or the color of our eyes or, or even our DNA. Nothing really defines who you are as an individual, who we are as individuals like the way we think. Listen to what King Solomon said about this. Solomon says in Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7, the New King James Version, Solomon writes these words. The first part of this verse says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. That sounds familiar. Sounds familiar to what Rene Descartes said back in the 16th, 17th century, I think, therefore I am. Solomon says, as a person thinks in his heart, so is that person. From the beginning of time, there are few things that have been more significant in helping, listen to this, shape one's success than the way a person thinks. I'm here to tell you, nothing probably has helped to shape who you are than the way you think. Critical thinking is so important. In fact, as, as a society, we, we have gotten away, and really as a Western society, We've never really embraced the importance of critical thinking. Go with me for a moment. We take our young people from the time they can barely walk and we put them in soccer and baseball and football and cheerleading camps and gymnastics and volleyball 
and all those other things. We are so intent in giving our young people that athletic experience and, and, and we, we think it helps to really shape them, and it does to a certain degree, a better person. But look how little attention we put to developing young people's minds. We will spend hundreds if not thousands of dollars to send them across country to develop their athletic ability, but very little in developing their ability to be a critical thinker. And this is, this is so different from other parts of society, such as Eastern culture, particularly in Asian culture. In, in China, they insist that their young people enroll in critical thinking classes. While we are out there teaching our young person how to kick a ball, they're teaching us how to develop chips and how to write computer codes. And very few of your sons and daughters are gonna make money playing sports. I mean, they tell you, you just might as well get over it, okay? And while, while they're young, you can have all these wishful dreams that they're gonna be the next LeBron, Simone Biles, all of that. But at the end of the day, very few people make a living playing sports. And so, as opposed to developing their ability to have critical thinking tools, because most of us have never been trained in the area of critical thinking. We don't know how it's done. I remember my life being radically changed for the better when I was at Benedict College, and I enrolled in a class taught by the late Dr. Ladder Thomas, who was a professor at Benedict, and he was also the pastor of the Second Calvary Baptist Church. And he said to us, he said, I'm going to do all of you a favor. He says, I am going to indoctrinate you on critical thinking. He said, because most of your success will be based on how you handle problem areas in your life or on your job. And that's why many of our young people can't solve problems. Because they're not really trained in the area of critical thinking. They can throw a ball, they can dunk a ball, and they can run, and they can do backflips, and they can do all of that. But when it comes to thinking, I think, therefore I am. Solomon said, as a person thinks, so is he. What is critical thinking, Pastor Jackson? I put this up on the board for you to see. Critical thinking is the act of analyzing facts to thoroughly understand a problem or a topic. The critical thinking process typically includes steps such as collecting information and data, asking thoughtful questions and analyzing, here's the key, possible solutions. <laughs> Deacon Mary Haywood, we would be a lot better off if many of our young people knew less about sports and more about thinking. Uh, because solving the problems in their life is not going to be determined about how high they jump or fast they run. These, these are issues in our life that have been so neglected. One and two and three year olds and we already got them kicking and running and not thinking. Because thinking could change their lives for better. Listen to this quote by Malcolm Gladwell. 
Malcolm Gladwell is the author of several books. One's called The Tipping Point, but the one that I want to quote is called The Outliers. In the book, The Outliers, he talks about the study of success. And in this book, I love this book. Uh, I've downloaded it on my iPad, have a hard copy of it. He, he talks about how successful people process information and how they seem to do it differently than those who do not. Malcolm Gladwell says that based on his research, most successful people just seem to think differently than those who are not successful. He goes on to say that the one thing most successful people have in common is that they are not bound by limited thinking. In other words, Bill Gates had to think of Microsoft before it exists. Uh, the founder of, of, of Apple, Jobs, had to think of it before it exists. They aren't bound by limited thinking. They think outside the box. Most people says, I cannot. They says, why not? Most people say, it's hard. They says, it's hard, but it's worth it. What are you saying, Pastor Jackson? I'm saying that if we are going to get to where God wants us to be, we have to examine the way we think. We have to look at a situation and says, as Bishop Jackson said 40 years ago, there can be a village on Atlas Road where to this point it's only been woods. And he can ride down Bluff Road where soil being fields were and says, I see stuff others cannot See, listen, for the past several messages, we have been talking about being transformed by changing the way we think. Look at what Paul writes in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, the New Living Translation. Look at what he says. He says this, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. Note, he says, God can't transform you by changing your wardrobe. You aren't a new person because your dress is longer. You aren't a new person because you dress modestly. That, that doesn't make you a new person. You can be the same old evil, corrupt, grumpy person you are with skimpy clothes or fully clothed. But what makes you a new person is changing the way you think. So Paul says, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Listen, what and how we think can become either one of our greatest assets or our worst enemies. Yes, what and how we think does matter. You can be bound, you can battle enemies in your mind. The greatest enemies you're going to battle are not those enemies on the outside that are trying to do you harm. But those demons you process in your own mind. Every morning you wake up and they tell you, you aren't anybody good. You can't do this. You're just like your daddy. Your whole family were nothing but drunks. What make you think you can be any better? See, those enemies in our mind that tells us we can't do what God has already said 
we are well able to do. Those enemies that when we see the possibilities that exist tells us that it cannot happen. Back to Malcolm Gladwell, he says what makes successful people different is that they think in a different way. They see what we see, they hear what we see, but they believe as Joshua and Caleb believed. You know the story in the Old Testament when Joshua and Caleb were only two of 12 men sent out to spy the promised land. Moses sent them all out, go see what God has promised us. <laughs> uh, Dr. Cheryl Washington, what Moses said, Moses didn't say go see if we can take them. He says, go see what God has promised us. They came back with this report. They say, it is as God said it is. The land is filled with milk and honey. Look at the fruit. They even brought back the fruit and said, look at what's in this land. But 10 of the 12 said, however, the people in the land are larger than we are. We saw the giants of Anak, and we're not able to overcome them. Joshua and Caleb, two of them, said, yes, we saw what the others saw. We experienced what they experienced. But we believe that we are well able to overcome them. You've got to be able to see what other folks see, but know that the God in you has already empowered you with this. I just want to just, just, just don't fool me. Is there anybody in here believe today that you can do whatever God says you can do and you are the head and not the tail? I, I just want to make sure I'm in the right place. Is there anybody in here know that God has already preordained you to be successful and no demon from the pits of hell can stop you from being what God has called you to be. You've got 10 seconds to put your best praise over what God has promised you. Come on somebody, come on, come on. Yes, you can, yes, you will. We are well labeled. Listen to this, listen to this. Because, and I fought Moses, because Moses did not listen to the minority report, two people who said, yes, we can. And he listened to the majority report that says, we can't do this. They wandered in the wilderness for 40 long years. And listen to this. And everybody that left Egypt, including Moses, died in the wilderness with the exception of two people. Guess who they were? <laughs> Everybody, Pastor Lawson, died in the wilderness except the only two people who said, yes, we can. You've got to be able to stand up when nobody else stands up because it is about your destiny. You're not concerned about what other people say. You've got to believe that you can do what God has called you to do. Before I get to the text, can anybody just give God a praise for what God has empowered you to do? Come on, come on. Give God your best praise. Somebody ought to praise him and say, yes, we can. Listen, listen, 
As we turn to this text, let us examine what it says concerning the way we think and the impact it has on our life. For the next few moments, listen to this. The Apostle Paul writes this very special epistle, but he writes it from prison. <laughs> listen, here's so what is so unique, and time is not going to afford me the opportunity to really get into this right now. But he writes the one epistle that's called the joy epistle. <laughs> he writes the one epistle that's called the most encouraging letter that Paul writes in all of his writings. And he writes it from prison while he's on death row about to lose it. Did you catch it? Did you catch it? I want you to think. I'm, I'm challenging the way you think. He writes the most encouraging letter in the Bible from the most horrendous place you can write it from. From a dungeon, from a prison, outside of his window, he could see Nero's chopping block that would eventually take his head off. But he writes whoo, this encouraging epistle to one of his favorite churches, the church in Philippi. He thanks them for their consistent support of his ministry, even during the ministry's difficult times. He also writes this encouraging letter to encourage them to keep the faith during their most difficult times. Look at what Paul writes in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 28. We'll put it on the board for you. The New Living Translation. Paul writes these words. He says, don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. Look at somebody and say, don't be intimidated by your enemies. This will be a sign to them who your enemies that they are going to be destroyed but that you are going to be saved even by God himself don't be afraid of your enemy God is about to take care of them God is about to destroy your enemy while he saved you Paul goes on throughout this epistle to remind these faithful believers that their attitude towards what they're going through will have a tremendous impact on their situation. It tells them that your situation may not change, but your attitude ought to. Look at what he writes in chapter 2 and verse 5, an iconic verse. The New King James says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. But I really like the way the New Living Translation puts it. It says, you must have the same attitude that Jesus had. For Jesus washed the feet of those he knew would betray him. Jesus served a meal to them that he knew would desert and deny him. Whew. 
You've got to have the same attitude that Jesus had. Even on his way to the cross, Jesus held no animosity. His attitude was positive all the way to the cross when he says, Father, don't worry about me, but forgive them for they know not what they're doing. We've got to stop having pity parties. We've got to stop feeling sorry for ourselves. You're not the only one who's going through difficult situations. I've got some advice for you. Get over it and give God your best praise. Can you give God your best praise on your worst days? Let this attitude that Jesus Christ had, let it be an attitude that exists in you. And then Paul writes these words in chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. And mother, I, I, I talked about you this morning to the 8 o'clock congregation. I told the church that during some very difficult times uh, in my family's uh, life, health challenges that nobody really knew about. Uh, my mom and I were in uh, confidential prayer with my wife and my family. And I remember mom called me one day and says, I want to share this scripture and I need you to share it with the family. Let, let, let them hear these words out of Philippians chapter 4. You remember that, Mother? Verse 6 and 7. Let me read them to you because it did so much to encourage me. Paul writes, don't worry about anything. Y'all have heard me preach this. He says, instead, pray about Ooh, somebody shout everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he has already done. Then, look at the verse, only then will you experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ. Jesus, I wish I could preach to somebody who just decided this day, I'm not going to worry about anything. I'm going to pray about everything. Who am I preaching to? Is there anybody perhaps in virtual worship land that says, Pastor, I'm going to stop worrying about it. I'm going to cast my burdens at the altar and leave them there. Is there anybody just ready to pray and thank God for what God is doing in your life right now? Stop worrying. Ah, look back at somebody and say, stop worrying. Wave at your neighbor and say, stop worrying. Tell them, don't worry about anything. Pray woo, about everything. Thank God for what he has already done. You got to tell God what you need. <laughs> the old folks say, operator on the line. Y'all don't know anything about that. Uh, yeah, we sing all these fancy songs now. 
but some of the best songs are the old ones. Tell them what you want. Anybody know how to tell them what you want? I like the old church that said, trouble in my way. I had to cry sometimes. I laid awake at night, but that's all right. Jesus will fix it after a while. Don't you fool me, but is there anybody in here know he's still a heart fixer? Anyone know he can still fix it? Come on, anybody know he can still? Woo. Listen, let me go on. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. But I feel the anointing because somebody is about to get your blessing because you're about to shift the way you think. Look at somebody and say, shift the way you think. Go to work tomorrow skipping and dancing and smiling and somebody say, what's wrong with you? Did you win the lottery? Say, baby, if you only knew. I hit something better than the lottery. In other words, I am convinced that God is on my side. Can you give God a praise for giving you peace of mind? For just giving you joy, unspeakable joy. You've got 10 seconds to give God your best praise. Come on, come on. Listen. Listen, listen, listen. I'm almost done. Paul, Paul wanted the Philippians to know. Listen to this. Yeah, hold on a minute. He wanted them to know that positive thinking would produce positive living, which would produce positive results. Can I say that again? Positive thinking produce positive live you live like you think and how you live will determine the results in your life if you want to end up someplace great get up in the morning thinking great thinking right i know your back hurts i know your head hurts i know you got all kind of illness but you got to learn how to put your hand on your back and say i still love the lord I love the Lord. He heard my cry and pitied every moan. As long as I live, and, woo! I'll hasten to his. Anybody praise God with illness and sickness and pain and racking your body, but still God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. And listen, listen. So Paul writes these words in our text, verse number eight. And I've got to wrap this up because I, I feel something. He writes these words, listen to this. And if there's no other passage in the book of Philippians, I need you to mark verse eight. Verse eight, and he says, and now to my brothers and sisters. He refers to them as to my dear brothers and sisters. And now, one final thing. <laughs> I know I've said a lot of things to you, Paul said, but this one final thing I need you to do. Look at this. Fix your thoughts <laughs> on what is true and honorable 
and right and pure and lovely and what is to be admired. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Three key insights from this one verse and we're done. Three key important insights. And if you've ever taken a screenshot of anything, I really need you to, I need you to have these embedded in your spirit for this week. And it will bless you. Number one is this. How and what we think will have a great impact on how things turn out in our lives. If you want to go somewhere, think something good. If you want to end up somewhere great, discard negativity. Forget those haters. Forget that negative thinking. Because let me tell you, every day the enemy bombards our mind. And even as often as I preach to you, my greatest challenge is rebuking the negativity that the enemy placed in your mind. You know those thoughts. Every time your child leaves the door, will there be an accident? Every time the phone rings, is this bad news? Every time you get up, is this going to be a good day or not? So I'm hearing the first thought is how and what we think. We have to change the way we think. What and how we think will impact our lives. Think differently. Think positively. I know there are a lot of things going on around you. A lot of negative things in our lives. We hear it on the news all the time. I'm sick of the news. I want to put it on mute until the weather report goes off and then say, that's it. I'd rather watch anything than the news. Cuff even watches Lifetime TV rather than watch the news. <laughs> I mean, anybody will watch anything rather than watch the news because I'm sick of the negativity. Do we need to know every shooting all the time? Do we really need to know Everybody in Columbia and Sumter and Orangeburg that gets shot all the time. You got to cleanse yourself of that negativity. And then here's the second one I want to put up. And I want you to see this on the screen and really get your phones out. Take this. Take this. L listen to the second thing that's on the screen is this. And here it is. Our enemies... If you don't hear anything else, I need you to know this. Our enemies know that they cannot control what happens in our life. The enemy knows that they, they can't determine the good or the bad that happens in your life. So because, listen, because the enemy cannot control what happens in our life, our enemies try to control our perception of what happens to us. They can't control the things, but then they tell you, I don't know how you take something like that. 
If that was me, I would have left him a long time ago. If that was me, I wouldn't take that mess. I'd march right down in that house right now and give them a piece of my mind. If that was me, I'd find me another church to go in. And they've been sitting in their church for 40 years. So they, so they are trying to control, whoo, preach Pastor Jackson, your perception, your mindset, Deacon Simmons, is what they want of what happens in your life. Why? Because the real battlefield is in our minds. The real challenge is what goes on in your mind. If you can control what happens in your mind, then the things that happen around you would not matter as much. If you can rejoice in the midst of stuff, if you can praise God in the midst of what you're going, if you can wake up in the morning and the weather is horrible and you say, what a beautiful day the Lord has made. The struggle is in our mind. And here's the third and the final one as you stand to your feet. Get that phone out and take a picture of this. Insight number three is real simple. And it says this. To overcome the plans of the enemies. And what are those plans? To control our perception. And our perception of, of our way of thinking to overcome the plans of the enemy, to live a victorious life of peace and happiness. Here's the challenge. We must change the way we think. The text says, fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable. Think about things that are excellent. <laughs> Listen to this. Think about things that are worthy to be praised. Can I give you a quick way of determining what to think about? If you can't praise God over it, don't think about it. <laughs> Ooh, Lord, I thank you for what you've already done. Lord, I thank everybody will experience problems, but do not allow your life to be consumed by the things that have gone wrong in your life. Think about the things that have gone right. He woke you up this morning. That's enough. He started you on your way. That's enough. Now somebody says, Pastor Jackson, that's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to do. Mother Rose, that's a hard thing to do to wake up in the morning deep and think positive. But I will leave you with what Paul said in verse 13. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I like the way the NIV translation says it. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. 
You can't do it, but God can help you do it. You're not able to do it, but God will give you the strength to do it. You're not able to do it, but God will empower you to do it. Clap those hands, everybody, and tell the Lord thank you. Come on. Come on right now. Help me praise God. Can you help me praise God? Can you help me give God the praise? Can you help me say, Lord, I thank you. Yes, I can. I know I can. I am able to do it because you've empowered me to do it. All the praisers, all the worshipers, come on. Listen, sometimes it's hard. And if you're looking for somebody else to give you the strength to do it, it may be a long time before you find somebody to help you think the right way. But Donna Lawrence in Tri-City says, sometimes you've got to encourage yourself. <laughs> Any witnesses? Sometimes you've got to just wake up and tell yourself, I can do this. Sometimes you've got to be your own encourager. Sometimes you've got to put in your own mind that I can do all things through Christ. That strengthens that the altar is now open. If there's anybody that's got a prayer request, come on, come on, wherever you are, listen. Listen. Listen to the lyrics of the song. Sometimes you have to encourage yourself. <laughs> Sometimes, ooh, I love this. I love this verse. You have to speak victory doing the test. Can I say that again? You can't always wait until it's over. Sometimes you've got to say, I am more than a conqueror before it is conquered, before it is done. Woo. No matter how woo, you feel, speak the word and you will be healed. Speak over yourself. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Janelle Mitchell, praise and worship team right now. Listen. Testimony for somebody. <laughs> you want us to pray with you and for you. If you feel comfortable coming to the altar, amen. Uh, have some distance, keep your mask on. If you're worshiping virtually right now, wherever you are. And no matter how you feel, speak a word.
witnessing out there. Yeah. Depression is all around, but God is a present help. Well, the enemy, he created walls, but remember giants dare to fall. Speak over yourself. You gotta encourage yourself. somewhere right now under the sound of my voice you have been bombarded by the negativity the enemy has brought in your life bad things do happen to good people the question is not will you ever experience suffering hardships or pain the question is how will you respond to it can you think about the goodness of the Lord even in the midst of a tragedy, in the midst of sorrow and suffering? How you think matters. Ooh. Successful people think differently. They too encounter problems, trouble. But you've got to think always, I can do this. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. God has given me the strength to do this. Close those eyes to those of you that are joining us virtually. Amen. We virtually touch and agree. Even in the midst of what we thought was almost over, that is now rearing its ugly head again. Ah, but God is still able. God is still able. I know there's so much to depress you. <laughs> but you've got to think differently. Take this scripture with you. Philippians uh, verse 8, chapter 4. It tells us so clearly in the text. Fix your thoughts on what is true, and honorable, and right, and pure and lovely and to be admired think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise forget the negativity forget that okay you control what you think you can't control the environment around you 
but you control what you think about that environment. I've made up my mind that, Lord, in the midst of everything that's going wrong, I still love you and trust you. I, I still have joy. Paul writes this epistle. Elder Jeff Scott, you preached from this on Men's Day, from Philippians, from prison. The brother is about to lose his life. And he writes, count it all joy. What's up with that? You, you, you're about to lose everything. And you says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Why? Because he knew, Paul knew that he could not control what Nero decides to do as it relates to his execution. But he could control how he thought and what he did and how he processed the information. You've got to be able to do that. Don't let the enemy in your mind, okay? Don't let him in your mind. Your finances may be beyond your control. Sometimes things happen that you have no control over. Medical expenses, other things happen. You lose your job. But whether you decide to praise God, that's your choice. Think on these things. Let us pray. There's a number on the screen. Call it. If you want prayer, if you want somebody to pray with you, if you're looking for spiritual covering, give us a call. Eternal Father, we thank you. We bless you, Lord. We thank you for this message. We thank you for reminding us how we think matters. The French philosopher, Rene Descartes, I think, therefore, I am. Solomon, as a person thinks, so is he. Thank you for reminding us that what and how we think matters. And starting right now, ooh, I, help us to think differently. Help us to concentrate on those things that gives us joy and peace. Ooh. Because you said in your word, when we thank you for what you've already done, you will give us a peace that goes beyond human understanding. And you will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And we say thank you. This is our prayer. We accept this challenge. It is in your name we pray and give thanks. And everybody said amen, amen. Come on, join in with the prisoner. If you want to join this church, if you, if you want somebody to pray with you, the ministers are in the back, amen. Just see someone in the back, amen. The prayer line is there. Come on, somebody, I'm encouraged. Come on and tell them. Listen, we want to remind you before the benediction of our vision offering. Thank you so much for what you've already done. Amen. Because of you, we're able to plan for future things that God's going to do. Very shortly, we'll be sharing some things with you. But thank you so much. And we say to you, thank you for trusting God. $7 a week because you trust God. 
God's going to bless you with something real good. As you stand to your feet, as we prepare for the benediction, come on, praise team and tell us. Yeah, yeah. How many of you feel encouraged? Come on. Anybody feel encouraged? You can make it, you can run on and see what the end's going to be. Speak over yourself. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Oh, oh, oh. Lift those hands. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, may he rest, rule, and abide with us. May he continue to walk with us, continue to bless us with his presence wherever we may go. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Listen, I pray protection over your house. I pray that God's protection over your steps. It is in Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. Amen. Be encouraged. Think positively. Amen. Yeah. We'd like to thank each and every one of you for tuning in. If you desire prayer, please call 1-888-776-1238. There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to both members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account. You can give via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will also be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. If you feel as if this service was a blessing to you, or if you were moved by the message in any way, please be sure to share it with your family and friends. For additional announcements and for more information, be sure to visit our website. That's bwcar.org.